0: Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In today's gospel lesson, the apostles said to Jesus, Increase our faith. It reminded me of something I read recently entitled, Leap of Faith. A man was walking in the mountains, just enjoying the scenery, when he stepped too close to the edge of the mountain and started to fall. In desperation, he reached out and grabbed a limb of a gnarly old tree hanging onto the side of a cliff. Full of fear, he assessed his situation. He was about 100 feet down a sheer cliff and about 900 feet from the floor of the canyon below. If he should slip again, he'd plummet to his death. Full of fear, he cries out, help me, but there was no answer. Again and again, he cried out, but to no avail. Finally, he yelled, is anybody up there? A deep voice replied, yes, I'm up here. Who is it? It's the Lord. I can help. Well, help me. Let go. Looking around, the man became full of panic. What? Let go. I will catch you. Uh, Is there anybody else up there? (laughs) There is just something in our human nature that does not want to trust God. Like our stranded hiker, the apostles want more help. Jesus has been teaching them about forgiving people many times for the same offense, and they think an increase in faith may be the helper. Jesus tells them that faith, the size of a mustard seed, is sufficient. What point is Jesus making? It's not great faith that is needed. It is faith in a great God. Faith is not quantitative nt wright says faith is like a window through which you can see something what matters is not whether the window is six inches high or whether it's six feet high what matters is the god that your faith is looking out on faith is active trust based on evidence we don't live on blind faith And where does one find this evidence? Well, Paul says it clearly in verses 8 through 10 of the epistle lesson this morning in 2 Timothy. He says, Do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of his prisoner. Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He, God, has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. The evidence is here, in God's word, in the testimony of eyewitnesses, like Paul and Peter and some of the other disciples whose lives were completely and totally changed by the grace and faith given them through Jesus Christ. Peter stepped out on the water once with his eyes focused on Jesus. When he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked down at the water, he began to sink in doubt. At that point, Jesus saved him, but referred to him as ye of little faith. I researched the term little faith while preparing for this homily. I remember that Jesus had referred to his disciples several times by that term. I found that Jesus sometimes teasingly referred to them as little faith like a nickname, but little faith implies a deficiency rather than an absence of faith. He is talking about an ineffective faith and calls his disciples to a clearer understanding of who God is and who Jesus is. If the disciples better understand who God is, they would know that he is sovereign God created humankind, and God has control over the natural world. Jesus walking on the water was a clear and present sign that the disciples were in the presence of God. Another example, when they were called little faith, was when they were all in the boat in the storm, and the boat started to sink. And they woke Jesus up, and they said, we're perishing. And Jesus simply spoke to the storm, and there was calm. Remember, God spoke creation into being. He said, let there be light, and there was light. They were in the presence of God. Another time the nickname was used, another time that the nickname was used was when They were talking among themselves about having no bread after they had witnessed Jesus feed 5,000 people with a few loaves and fishes just a few days before that. That again should have convinced them they were in God's presence because they knew well the stories of God's feeding thousands in the wilderness with manna. How easily they and we Forget the evidence of what God has done for us throughout history. Paul says in verse 12 of today's epistle lesson in 2 Timothy, I am not ashamed, for I know, I know whom I have believed. Paul trusts what he has seen in his encounter with the risen Lord on the road to Damascus. He trusts what he has learned from the other apostles and through much suffering. His faith is strong not because of his brilliant mind or any works, but because it has been revealed to him and he trusts the evidence. Paul has looked through the window and seen the Savior with his own eyes. And what he saw humbled him. Paul has yielded his life to a great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the second part of the gospel lesson this morning, Jesus tells the disciples basically, it is not more faith that is needed, but it is humility and a willingness to admit powerlessness, to fall on our knees and ask for mercy as unworthy servants. Jesus gives them the account of the servants working diligently, in the fields all day and ask if the servants should expect a reward for their hard work. The reward being the master prepares a meal for the servants. We are much like these servants. How not you caught yourself thinking, now why is God allowing this bad thing to happen to me? I was in church Sunday and I even paid my pledge.
1: Don't I deserve
0: a reward? Jesus knew the hearts and minds of these disciples, and he knows ours as well. The reward, dear people of God, is forgiveness of our sins and eternal life. And ironically, Jesus, our Master and Savior, has prepared a meal for us. This meal is based not on our merit or any good works we have done, but by his sacrifice, surrendering his will to the will of his Father and giving his life in exchange for ours. In just a few minutes, we will kneel during the Eucharistic prayers and pray the prayer of humble access. We do not presume to come to this side table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. This prayer, we are not worthy, is the posture and the attitude Jesus is pointing the disciples to in the gospel lesson today. The sum total of Christianity is Jesus' performance on our behalf, his perfect life, his death, and his resurrection. It is not about the quantity of our faith. Even mustard seed sized faith is given to us by God. I said earlier that faith is active trust based on evidence. In closing, I encourage you my brothers and sisters to examine the evidence. We live in a culture plagued with doubt and mistrust, a culture that says there's no absolute truth. If you feel like our hiker, like you're hanging on a limb about to fall into the canyon, take heart, pick up your Bible and read about Jesus in the gospel accounts And pray for the Holy Spirit to help you trust the evidence. God so loved the world, that's you and I, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. Amen.